What is a production assistant? What is a runner? Like, what are all these things? I have no idea. It's so confusing. Hello, and welcome back to Hang It, the online platform offering resources to young people wanting to enter the art world. Today's guest is Robin Casozzi, who's going to be telling us about what they do in the art world and how they got there. Hello, Robin. Hi. Robin, as I understand it, your working life is kind of split between two different things, one of which is public engagement and the other is more freelance consultancy work. Could you explain to our listeners what those two things might look like? Yeah. um, So, I mean, I guess I'd start off by saying I'm not 100% sure that my kind of public engagement role is necessarily representative of what a lot of um, public engagement roles are. But um, I'm the head of public engagement at the Migration Museum. Like many people that work, I think, in uh, relatively small organisations, I wear a lot of different hats. But broadly speaking, I was brought on board to kind of look at how the Migration Museum were reaching different audiences. In many ways, we're an unusual museum in that we have a, a kind of theory of change that is cause driven and we and we want to kind of share these stories of the movement of people to and from the UK, but we want to do so in order to kind of promote an understanding of our shared history. Because of that, it was kind of really important that when we look at how we communicate with audiences, we're not only reaching people who think that migration is relevant to them or that identifies having migrant heritage, but we're also reaching people who feel uh, ambiguous or have some anxieties. And so we were looking at, okay, so what is resonating with different audiences? How do we make this as accessible as possible? Um, And on the other hand, it was kind of also responding to the general consensus on audiences for like British cultural institutions um, and how representative they are of the UK population and seeing how we can reach those audiences too. So that looks like um, kind of working with our head of comms and working with our, our head of creative content to look at what we have planned and think about how, okay, how do we communicate this it's like, okay, so we have this exhibition, what can we pull out? What um, kind of public programming can we do around this in order to reach different audiences? So for example, like a departures exhibition, which is on at the moment, which looks at 400 years of emigration. We have a departures podcast um, and we've worked with a, this incredible producer called Muxi Jane Campion and she's a producer for BBC Radio 4. And it's that kind of style. So it's looking at how we can take these different formats and, and work with them and doing a lot of kind of insight driven work. And I suppose that's that's where the kind of link is between the work that I do with the museum and the work that I do in, in the strategy and the consultancy is that kind of like data-driven and insight-driven public programming, I suppose, and in the museum and in the kind of comm side of things, it's uh, kind of creating communications campaigns, but particularly which reach like certain audiences, supposedly hard to reach audiences, which aren't that hard to reach. They're just hard to reach for people that don't really relate to them or know anything about them. So (laughs) are you working primarily in a digital realm? Is it now post-COVID becoming more physical again? Um, yeah the just the programming that goes on in the museum kind of around the so we'll have the exhibitions and then for example it might be there might be kind of events there might be um, kind of online events there might be talks um, might be kind of community uh, kind of community style workshops curators tours but whether we kind of pull out uh, kind of certain aspects of the exhibition basically it's just kind of anything that the museum puts on communication strategies again is um 
perhaps a term that people won't be familiar with. So what might you be doing with your communications team? Um, so I guess when I was talking about like kind of communication strategies or like campaign strategies, I suppose it was mainly referring to in some of the freelance work that I do. Um, so you get a brief um, from a client or sometimes it's kind of a brief to a creative agency and then they bring me on board as to do some consultancy on it. Um, and then the strategy is kind of working out uh, kind of different audiences. You might do little um, little explorations like empathy mapping. So trying to understand what's happening for different audiences at different points. Um, if it's, so for example, I'm working on like a mental health brief at the moment. It's like mapping out a journey, understanding the different barriers at which someone might not access mental health support. Um, doing a lot of reading, a lot of research, looking at a lot of insights and kind of understanding what's going on from the mental health perspective, but then also understanding what's going on for this audience. So why does this audience feel disenfranchised? Like what do we know about them? Um, if they do feel disenfranchised or kind of where are their trusted spaces? How do they communicate? Um, because yeah, different audiences will communicate in a different way. So the first thing you need to think about is like, well, where are they? And meeting them where they are at because it's all very well having an incredible product. But the fact is, if it's not in a space where people can access it, and I mean like physical space, emotional space, psychological space, like mental space, do you know what I mean? If they if they can't access it, then you're never going to, then they're never, it's never going to land. And is there something about your role that you really love or you find a little bit more challenging or something that's kind of surprised you since entering this role in this world that you're working in that you, you never knew of before? Mm. Um, about my role and what I do generally, what I really like is like the, the kind of, I like the, like the problem solving side of things. I really like the thinking and working out. My favorite thing probably about working at the Migration Museum is my team. Like they're just absolutely amazing. And I mean, in terms of people that have come from all different sorts of background, I think that is what makes the Migration Museum quite unique in that our head of learning was kind of, is kind of a, and learning and partnerships is like a former teach first, like. Matt, our head of comms, so I've spoken about like he he's a former FT journalist and everyone's come from these different backgrounds. And so it's like really refreshing working with them and everyone comes with a kind of really interesting perspectives. And Sophie, our director's a former immigration lawyer, a barrister. So um, and the team are just really brilliant and everyone is so passionate about wanting to establish a national migration museum. And like, yeah, I love working with them. So how did you kind of get to where you are now? So, I mean, if we go way back when, I think when I was at, when I was at university, I used to uh, just run like little nights in Sheffield where I went to university. And through that, I, I started working for Festival Republic during the summer um, and like working on site and festivals and working production. And then I started work at an agency called um, Don't Panic in London, which is a creative agency. And I learned a lot there. And then... I'd done a lot of kind of social politics at uni and I just was really missing that. And I decided to go um, to do a master's at SOAS. So I did a master's in violence, conflict and development. And whilst I was doing that, I, I kept freelancing it uh, for a little while in advertising. And then it was too much. So I went to go and kind of work for an NGO. But when I finished my master's, I kind of just had a big reset and just thought I just need to go away for a while and have a think about what I want to do. Um, and then the kind of migration museum job came up and it just felt like a perfect way to kind of unite working for a not for profit, but also doing like a little bit more of the kind of 
clumsy um, stuff uh, and kind of the audience development, it brought together this like social anthropology angle with the kind of advertising experience. um... So if there was somebody who was, yeah, interested in pursuing um, public engagement, but also if there was somebody who thought, you know what, I've got something to offer as a freelance consultant, but I feel quite young and I don't know how to pursue that. What would your tip be for somebody to maybe firstly get into public engagement and secondly to balance working full time in a role, but then also having a freelance work alongside it? I guess the first, so I kind of have a a mentor who said to me quite early on, okay, so let's say that you're really cause driven and you want to make a change. Don't necessarily think that you need to go and work for an NGO or you need to go and work in the third sector sometimes it's kind of it's not actually the place where you can necessarily make the most change but it's the place where a lot of people jump to it's also about thinking about what institutions and what organizations will be able to invest in you working for a bigger organization when you're really early on in your career they can afford to train you they can afford to invest in you um and actually starting out in a startup or in smaller organizations they you they can't afford to you can't afford to do all these kind of big trainings i also think don't get hung up on the names of roles because things just get called so many different things what's an account executive what is a production assistant what is a runner like what are all these things i have no idea it's so confusing so i think that they this why this is so good because it, yeah it breaks down some of kind of well, what do people actually do day to day if going for a swim in the morning is really important to you then don't do a job where you'll never be able to do that think about what you want your day-to-day to look like and i think join networks like I'm part of Museum Detox, which is the kind of museums network for um, POC, people working in the museums sector. Have conversations, talk to people. Um, the one thing I would say as well is like, I think for particularly for people of colour in the like kind of art space, but I think there's also a really important class dynamic that comes into it in the, in the art space that often gets obscured, but like for people that like went to state school like I did and just didn't necessarily grow up like going to kind of galleries or like having kind of culturally engaged parents or background or circles not to be intimidated because there's a myriad of information that you'll have and of insights and of experiences that you'll be able to bring which will make this and what you're doing in your role way more exciting for different audiences but just for the record, my parents did take me to some games before they listened to this and go, what, we took you to like... <laughs> the final thing would just be to say, Robin, if people wanted to come and find you or like follow you, where can they Where can they find you? At Robin Kaz, R-O-B-Y-N-K-A-S. Thank you so much for a fantastic episode today, Robin. And thank you also to our listeners. If you enjoyed today's podcast, do let us know and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.